York's number two sports show. The Rangers are not doing too well these days. They lose to the Vegas Golden Knights 5-2. Just in general, things are not really too good. I mean, we find out today that Philip Heedle had a setback in what was likely concussion-related. He is back in New York skating. Nothing overly intense. He was in a non-contact jersey, what, a few days ago or yesterday, recently. And, you know, today with the healthy scratches, had a little bit of a morning skate. And apparently he had to be helped off the ice. And that's very scary considering the fact that he, you know, had to go home to, uh, to Czechia. That's... It's scary. Like, like I think we now see that it's it's possible that his career could be could be over. Um, again, it's way too soon to be saying that, but that is possible that we don't see him play again because right now his health in in his life is much more important than hockey. So it's just really sad because this is someone that. The Rangers haven't had that much success at all with young players, unfortunately. And Philip Heedle was someone that was getting better and better. And you could see what he was capable of and how important he is to this team. And so that was bad in and of itself. Just any way you look at it from just a hockey standpoint and just life. So that was a definite bummer. And we really hope that he makes a full recovery and that you know, I, I don't know. To me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to to even be considering this season. And uh, unless somehow it's not as bad as we thought, but all indications are that he suffered a setback and, and that's not good. So there's that. Then in the game, and this is a player that does get hurt often. And sometimes he ends up, you know, not missing much time. But Ryan Lindgren gets hurt in the first period. It's, it's being termed an upper body injury. I don't think it's a concussion based on the hit. You never know. I, I think it's probably something more structural. I don't know if it's like in the hand-wrist area. I don't know if it's somewhere different, but that is problematic, obviously. And the interesting thing is this. Laviolette switched up the D pairs, so he kept Miller Truba, and he had Gustafson with Fox and Lindgren with Schneider, but Lindgren was out less than 10 minutes into the game. And so that whole plan got scrapped. So that Lindgren being out, say what you want about him. Like that would be bad, really bad. Because then all of a sudden Zach Jones comes in or someone else. And yeah, like not good. I guess the one thing I'll say on Lindgren is the good news is that of course the Rangers have one more game. It's against Ottawa before the All-Star break, and then they don't play for a while. So that's the good news on Lindgren. So it's, you know, if this isn't anything crazy long-term, he may end up missing a very, you know, maybe just one game, hopefully, right? Uh, Something like that. So that's not good. But then just beyond that, there goes, you know, what I talked about a lot was the, the hope that somehow the Rangers could at least beat each team they play this season, that is now officially impossible. As they lost to Vegas twice, they don't play Vegas again. Because you play Western Conference teams once at home, once on the road. So there goes, again, what would it have meant? Not much, but it was something that I had kind of noticed where the Rangers were good in the revenge games. And 
the Rangers got off to a good start. They had a really good first period, but they lose handily. And they've lost handily. Like, a lot of the Rangers' losses, not the Shark game, but not the King game, but a lot of the Ranger losses are by at least, like, three goals. Um, and so the Rangers' record is still a good one, but it's no longer a great one. The Rangers now sit at 29-16-3. and And the interesting thing is, if the Rangers, let's say, lose tomorrow and Carolina wins, right? Let's say that happens in some form. Carolina would pass the Rangers potentially in points percentage going into the All-Star break, which is crazy to think of considering where the Rangers were. Right now, they're two points out of Carolina and Carolina has a game in hand. So the Rangers have the slight like. This is going too deep into the weeds, but the Rangers have the slight edge because if Carolina, let's say, won their game in hand, the Rangers would be ahead of them in regulation wins. The Rangers still have that slight edge, technically speaking, even though there's tons of games to go. But it's just, it's been, it's been a free fall for the Rangers. And I go back to December, but if, if but more so specifically, the start of the new year. Ever since, you know, January, where it was the Rangers ended the new year on a high note with that really impressive win versus the Lightning. And so it kind of capped off what was a really good 2023. And then just the month of January has been a disaster for this team. And so many weaknesses are being exploited. Uh, as discussed in the episode yesterday, Nick Benino was placed on waivers. He did clear waivers and he will go to Hartford. Not immediately. He's going to spend, you know, I think his normal vacation as planned. So he's not going to go there immediately, but he will eventually go to Hartford. So I wasn't sure what happened there. So maybe we see him again. Um, but even if we do, like, it's not going to be anything of significance. But for the Rangers, they, uh, it's just not good. Igor Shosturkin is a problem. Is He is. He's a problem. And, you know, it's pretty embarrassing that he's in the All-Star game. This is this is so not even close to an all-star goaltender this season. Right? It it's how does that happen? Like it didn't really make sense. It didn't make sense at all at the time. And now as time goes on, it's just it's kind of embarrassing. I mean, look, obviously he's going to accept the invitation. You know, those only come around so often and and it's an honor. But my god, like uh yeah, not anywhere near all-star goalie this season. And the sad thing is that that amazing 2022 season is, I don't want to go as far as to say an outlier, even though it's like he'll never repeat those. He was out of his mind that season, two seasons ago. But what he's bringing to the table is not good enough. He's not making the big save. And tonight, like that second goal, the Colasar goal, you got to stop that. You got to, like, you, you know, he's being beat glove side way, way too much. They know it. Their teams know it. They are shooting for that, for that spot, glove side, and they're beating him. So Igor, to me, is towards the top in terms of this game, right? Because like last game in San Jose, I didn't put any blame on Igor. This game, I do. But also, it's just bad all the way around. What was the Rangers' power play tonight? 0 for 2. So the opportunities aren't that much, but the few that come, they're not doing anything with them. So the Rangers have begun to become a team that is very power play dependent. And when it's not clicking, they're not going to win games. So, yeah, like, uh, let's let's talk about more individuals. On defense, 
Um, Braden Schneider is just bad. He is not as advertised. I mean, look, he's in a role that, it, you know, he has this, he's had the same role since he's been here, right? He's behind Fox and Shruba on the depth chart on the right side. But Schneider is just like, he should be more physically imposing. I'm not seeing that. He's supposed to be like this big physical defenseman. I, I don't know. I don't see that at all. Like, I know that he's capable of it. I know he has these skills and traits to do it, but I don't see it. Turns the puck over, not strong enough in front of the net. Uh, it's not as if he provides, it, and it's not like offensively he's giving, you know, he's not, he's not inept offensively, but like, that's not part of his game. So Braden Schneider is not good. That, I mean, I've been kind of saying that for a while now, and I don't think he's gotten, the thing with him is I don't think he's like gotten like a whole lot better since he got called up. To me, he's kind of, maybe there's been marginal improvement, but yeah, another player, um, Keandre Miller. There's just too many high-risk turnovers to his game. It's He is one of the more frustrating players in the team because you know what he's capable of, and yet he fucks up way, way too much. So Keandre Miller is another one that I look that I look at um, as being a bit of a problem. And that's not to say others aren't, but I, you know it's more in relation to this game. For the forwards, you know, I guess the Zibanejad line, you know, it got a goal. Blake Wheeler scored. Blake Wheeler actually had a goal and assist, so he actually wasn't bad. And for Blake Wheeler, he needs to be on high alert. With Nick Benino being let go, Wheeler needs to be, like, he's got to know, hey, like, I could be next. So, not that, like, it was ever necessarily a work ethic issue, but, like, he's got to pick it up if he wants to stay on this team. And, you know, he had a pretty good game. You know, yeah, with Sabanajad, it's just not, you know, the, the, the line wasn't bad. In fact, that line might have been there. It's tough to say, I guess. But with Mika, like, just the production just is not there at all. I think he has as many even chink goals as like Blake Wheeler at seven, I think, which is just crazy. That cannot happen. It's it's really bad. At one point, they switched Zibanejad and Trocek, but it didn't last that way. But in the third period, they made that switch briefly. Um, the fourth line is not good. Even though like Benino not being involved, that fourth line isn't good. Barkley Goodrow isn't good. He is not, like, even as a fourth-line center, I don't feel good about it. Like, his best role is almost, like, on the wing, which is, like, such a waste. But, like, it kind of is. He doesn't have this, like, there's not, there's no speed. You got to have some speed, and he's got none. So, and, and to me, like, VZ should be moved up a little bit, just to give it a different look. I'm not saying that's ideal, but I think he should be moved up more into the top nine. And then Tyler Pillar, like, he is what he is. He's, you know, he's a depth player. He's not great, but, like, you know... Yeah, so I'd like to see Will Cooley get more more ice time. Uh, I've been saying that for for a minute. Um, so yeah, we could go up and down, but yeah, it's just not a good team right now, or just in general, it's just not. So so anyway, Vegas versus the Rangers. Aiden Hill in net for the Golden Knights, and they were coming off of a win versus the Islanders. Uh, and they had lost in overtime to the Devils. So Vegas, I think they're I think they're on a six game point streak now. Like they're finding their game a little bit. Uh, and I thought the Rangers had a really good first period. However, Vegas does jump out to the early lead. And 
Um, they score five minutes in it, five minutes and two seconds. It's Rempel, uh, his second of the season, I think his second goal of his career from Cotter and Haig. So it was a shot by Cotter, and Schneider was the one who I think who initially turned the puck over, and Rempel kind of getting body position, it kind of deflects off his shin. You can't really, yeah, you, you can't blame Igor there with that deflection. If it hadn't deflected, that's a different story. But Braden Schneider, I think, was at fault there. But the Rangers respond a minute and 31 seconds after with a goal. Blake Wheeler scores his eighth goal of the season from Gustafson and Fox. So that Gustafson-Fox combination, I think, would have been interesting. But because of the lingering injury, which happens after, you know, five or so minutes after that goal, changed everything up. So that ties it up at one, though. And the Rangers had a really good first period. They did. They outshot Vegas 15-6, to six, but they come out of there tied. They really needed to be coming out of there with a lead. So it's 1-1. We go to the second. Well, at 11.43, Petrangelo interferes with Fox. But the Rangers don't score on that power play. That's been a theme. It's killing them. Second period. 30 seconds in, Zibanejad is called for slashing. Rangers kill that off. But at 3.18, it's Kolasar scoring his fourth goal of the season unassisted. Not a good goal by Igor. Bad play by Panarin. Although I think it might have been... Someone put him in a tough spot. It might have been Keandre. I'm not sure who it... Might have been Keandre. But Panarin ends up kind of just taking a shot that gets blocked. And then Kolosar goes down the other way. But Igor's got to stop it. He's got to stop that one. And he scores. And then here's again with the Rangers. It's goals in quick succession. It happens all the time. And you know what? I'll put blame on Laviolette on that. We Look, I know that this core is a bit mentally weak. It is. So, Laviolette, like, come on, that cannot happen. These goals, like, they got to snap out of it. So, they score at 404. So, what is it? Like, 46 seconds after the Colossal goal, it's Marcheseau was hit with his 23rd goal of the year from Barbashev and Wah. So, this would be the first of Marcheseau's three goals. We'll talk about that. But another Braden Schneider related play. Johnny Brodzinski was kind of involved in this too. And, and with Brodzinski, it's like he, he has too much of a role on this team, but they have no other fucking options. And it's a shot by Barbashev that deflects off of Marcheseau. And that makes it 3-1. Then uh, Brodzinski takes a interference penalty at 759. Rangers kill it off. And the Rangers get a power play at 1924 of the second. Nicholas Waugh holds Panarin, but the Rangers don't score on that power play. Uh, that goes in the third period. And then what happens? Marcheseau scores again. Scores again. His 24th goal of the season from Barbashev and Wah at 2-11 of the third. This was a play where the fourth line was on for the Rangers. Goodrow is unable to kind of keep the puck in. Keandre Miller's out of position. And so is Igor Shesterkin. Where Shesterkin makes an initial save. Then the shot. Then there's a shot, I think, by... It was either Barbashev or Marshes. It might, might have been Barbashev, but it, it goes off the back wall, caroms to Marcheseau, and he kind of scores into the empty net because Igor wasn't in position. So Jonathan Marshall, that's goal number two. Then the Rangers, and look, their third period for the Rangers was, you know, they didn't give up, but they just couldn't create a whole lot. Eventually, with a six on four, Kako at 18.55 scores his fourth goal of the season from Truben Wheeler. So Wheeler has two points. Uh, that makes it four two. And then Vegas, of course, gets Antonic goal. And who is it? It's Marcheseau, a hat-trick, 25th goal of the season from Barbashev and McNabb in 1931. So, as I mentioned in the last Vegas episode, Jonathan Marcheseau was not technically Ranger property, but someone that... And, and he bounced around. It's not like Marcheseau went from Hartford slash Connecticut to 
Vegas Golden Knights. He bounced around. I think he, he was in the Columbus organization, then went to like Tampa, then Florida. He he did bounce around, but still. Like, yeah, and back then he was Jonathan Odie Marshall. So J.A.M. was uh, sort of, it was, and that was right right around the same time, I think, as Matt Zuccarello was coming up then, I think around the same time. So, yeah, kind of the initial, uh, yeah, pretty sure they were both in the Connecticut Whale. I think that it span, I think that there was overlap there. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, 5-2, Vegas wins. It's, it's bad. It's really bad. And I go back to the Heedle news. That That is just tough. That That one is, that one hurts more than anything. You hope Lindgren's okay. That if he's out for any length of time, that will be a problem based on the other options that you have. Uh, to have Zach Jones play Brandon Schneider again will drive me insane. And yet, that very well might happen. If it were me, I would start giving looks to other players that are in Hartford. Um, you know, sorry Zach Jones, but I, I think that you got to live give other people looks. But it doesn't mean that they will. And certainly tomorrow, uh, if we're to assume that Lindgren is out, which I think he will be. It'll definitely be Zach Jones in his place. I would be stunned if it wasn't. Jonathan Quick will definitely be a net, um, barring anything unforeseen. And Quick, you know, is coming off of a good, uh, you know, he he played well against the Kings. I, I think his record's not been great, but I, I don't think Quick's been horrible. He has taken a dip. He was playing out of his mind, but um, I, I feel like the team has let him down more than anything, but it's a big game for the Rangers to go into the break and and to kind of stop the bleeding a little bit. Uh, and Ottawa is a team that is they are not a they're one of the worst teams in the league. They have some talent. They beat the Rangers, but the Rangers got to be able to find a way to win this game. But at this point, I don't have any bit of confidence that that will happen because this team doesn't look good at all. So yeah, uh, not good times in Rangers town. So, again, Rangers lose to Vegas, and they will have a quick turnaround. They will head to Ottawa in what will be their last game before the All-Star break.